Welcome to the VLGA Connect newsroom. As we do each week, we check in with the CEO, Catherine Arndt, to see what she's been up to. What have you been up to, Catherine Arndt? Hello. What haven't I been up to, Chris Eddick? <laughs> yes, look, I another believe... busy, busy week in local government. And, Indeed, um... and I believe you've been strolling the virtual halls of Spring Street, having audiences with ministers left, right and centre. Yes, it's been a, a week of um, meetings with ministers, which is, of course, one of the things that the VLGA does on a regular basis on behalf of the local government sector. And um, it's been a pleasure to catch up um, again yesterday with the local government minister, um, the Honourable Sean Lean. And, of course, our viewers would have seen your interview with him um, that was released earlier this week or over the weekend, perhaps, I, I think, uh, if I recall. Yes, last weekend, and uh, it's our most watched episode to date. Yes, and, and look, the Minister was very appreciative of that opportunity, and I certainly um, extended the invitation for him to use the VLGA Connect platform at any time, because it is something that we can turn around very quickly um, as an opportunity for him to communicate to the sector. There are a lot of things, of course, that the sector have been um, waiting um, for clarity on. Um, pleased to announce that any moment, so hopefully today, Local Government Victoria will be releasing campaigning guidelines specifically um, applicable to the COVID-19 environment. Now, you might recall that the VLGA had written to the Chief Health Officer just seeking some clarity on safe campaigning um, and permissible campaigning activities. So the Chief Health Officer has acknowledged that request and worked very closely with local government Victoria to develop those. So they will be um, coming out at any moment. Excellent. So that is really good news because I know people have been waiting on that. Also, the VEC candidate handbook was released this week, which is the Bible for candidates, uh, everything about campaigning and the process. So the, the information um, is almost complete for, uh, for candidates to really understand how to go about it. Yeah, look, absolutely. Just in regard to those VEC guidelines, however, there were a couple of tiny little points within that that some um, candidates have questioned, specifically oh. relating to the requirement to lodge, I think, the nomination form in person and also pay cash at the time of nomination. Now, the Minister yesterday, my conversation with him, has taken um, that issue up and um, communicated with the VC about the need to um, consider adapting or changing those guidelines to ensure that they're applicable in a COVID-19 environment. So my understanding from the Minister is that there will be the passing of a regulation that will allow those guidelines to be amended. That's an important bit of intelligence, Catherine. Thank you. And you heard it here first on the VLGA Connect newsroom. Absolutely. And I did um, confirm with the Minister yesterday that he was happy for me to share that. Um, of course, we have um, Warwick Gately, the Commissioner of the VEC, joining us next week on our live panel talking about the electoral regulations. He'll be joined by the Acting Chief Municipal Inspector, John Lynch, um, a councillor, Councillor Sandra Wilson from Hobson's Bay, who's a two-term mayor, and also... Uh, Tony Ramich from Hunt. Yes. I always count on you to uh, correct my pronunciation. Uh, and the purpose of that live panel, and 
if you want to um, join us, please do so um, and register quickly because um, that's filling up very fast. It's as we would appreciate a, a topic of great interest um, to any candidate um, who's looking at running in October. My point is that um, whilst we'll be taking questions um, from the participants, um, uh, the commissioner, the VEC commissioner, may not be able to comment um, emphatically about any changes to regulations until they happen. So um, um, let's see what um, comes next week. And an important opportunity for people to submit questions in advance of that so we can get an understanding of, you know, what are people thinking about in terms of the challenges or needing clarification. So we encourage those questions to be coming in ahead of uh, the session next week so we can make it really useful for people. Yeah, and, and, and that's a good point, Chris. I think we've uh, put that in our communications. Please send in your questions. Here's the opportunity for you. Um, who better but to ask these people who will be sitting around the table? We will back up um, a panel conversation at some stage on electoral regulations and uh, probably code of conduct issues as well. And um, we look forward to hosting um, IBAC and the inspectorate again um, at that discussion, which will be uh, in a few weeks time. That would be excellent because my mail tells me there are some standards of conduct regulations almost ready to go. Have you heard that? I have heard that they're sitting on the minister's desk as we speak, and he, of course, is very keen to um, not only have those out to the sector as soon as possible, but also to examine this issue of conduct uh, a little more closely. Um, we've seen yet another um, council at the officer level, though, today in the media about... Um, uh, you know, again, uh, behaviour that isn't... Um, it's fraud, any... basically. Well, it's fraud. exactly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we've seen a few councils um, over the past 12 months also um, under administration. So it's a, an issue that the Minister's very keen to examine more closely. He's very keen to work with the Victorian Local Governance Association on that. And um, as you know, Chris, it's something that we're very... Um, you know, it's part of our, our, our objective as a, an independent governance organisation in Victoria to really uplift those, that, that level of governance. Yes, and just on that matter that you raised, the issue that's in the, in the press today, I think what we need to remember, these issues, while very unfortunate and it's been dealt with appropriately, are opportunities to learn for, and, you know, particularly audit and risk committees, take a look at these issues to understand, are we asking the right questions? Are we learning from those experiences to ensure those? In this case, it was a glitch in a purchasing system, as I understand it from the reporting, that those sort of things can be addressed to remove or greatly reduce the risk of it happening in future. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. These opportunities are about learning for the future um, and rather than, I guess, dwelling on, on the past, for sure. Yeah. I mm. uh, wanted to ask you also, I think you met with the with Minister Lily D'Ambrosio this week. We, Are you allowed we, to talk about that mm, conversation? Yes, look, we did. Um, we caught up with Minister D'Ambrosio uh, together with the MAV and we talked about specifically the Climate um, Act of 2017 that had some um, reporting requirements for local government uh, and specifically the making of climate um, emergency pledges. If I've got that language incorrect, please feel free to correct me. But 
um, there was a timeline attached to the making of those pledges. And at this stage, uh, two of the 79 councils have, have, have been able to uh, make that pledge. The minister's very um, conscious of the fact that this is such a particularly um, uncertain and busy time for um, everyone, but also the local government sector is not only they work to implement a new local government act, um, they're dealing with delivery of frontline services in a global health pandemic and also leading into local government elections, that the government will relax the timelines around that reporting and in fact take on a more centralised uh, coordination role. So the Minister will be writing to all councils. In fact, I would have expected that to have been out by today and will certainly be um, distributing that information through the VLGA as soon as that comes in. Um, so before I let you go, time flies when we step into the newsroom. Um, have you had a chance to look at the interview we posted this week with the Emergency Management Commissioner? Given current circumstances, we thought it was timely to see how he was going. That's Andrew Crisp. Yes, look, Andrew's interview um, was, I found, just very pragmatic, um, authentic, and one of, I guess, the bittersweet um, things of COVID-19 is that we are seeing the more human side of, of our leaders, aren't we? Because mm. we're all in this together and um, we, we uh, it's 24-7. And I thought that Andrew's interview, you know, straight from the Situation Room um, was a great example of the level of engagement that the VLGA is having with these key sector leaders and agencies that are right in the middle of, of addressing and dealing with um, COVID-19. And I really thought that his um, suggestions as to how local government can work with the state government on emergency um, planning and response was very useful. Same here. I, th I thought the same. So um, before we wrap it up, how are you coping with uh, with lockdown and mask requirements? I, I need to know because I'm now in the area that's going to require masking as, as of uh, midnight on Sunday night. As, yes, uh, I, I did think of you when I heard that announcement. I thought you'll no longer be able to <laughs> talk about being yeah. outside the zone. No. Uh, Correct. I've got my mask. My wife's been busy making masks. She's made some very fashionable masks. So I've got them all ready to go. I'm just not sure I want to go anywhere that I'll need to use them. Yeah, look, I, I think um, with the numbers that we saw again today, um, it makes perfect sense that those restrictions are extended. Um, you get used to the mask. Um, one thing I noticed is when I am out exercising, uh, I've, I've found that people have been waving to me and I I can't tell who they are because they've got a mask on and I don't even know if they're waving at me, but I just wave back anyway. And um, they're, they're probably waving at you because they think it might be you or you might look like somebody else, but it makes for very friendly relations, obviously, at a distance. Absolutely. Um, so I think as with human experience over many, many years, something um, comes into our lives that we think we would never have had to deal with before and we rise up to that and we continue on. Uh, yeah. I think that's the, the beauty of the resilience of, of us all. 
I, I read a piece this morning that I, I think I shared it on, on LinkedIn that drew some comparisons to the uh, the lessons from Spanish flu over a century ago, and it's 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 quite insightful. Uh, recommend you have a read of it if you. I will. I do like reading some of your posts, um, Chris. It keeps me up to date with all of those things one should as a CEO. <laughs> Thank you very much, Catherine. Nice of you to say. Lovely to talk to you as always. I hope people enjoy getting some of that information uh, straight off the presses, so to speak, in the newsroom. And I look forward to doing it again with you next week. See you then, Chris. Take care.